0: Amen. Thanks, Micah. Micah leading a little worship today. That's pretty awesome. Way to go, man. Uh, well, man, thank you so much for being here. And, I, and I'm excited about our day. It's, is it raining? Did you guys hear the rain? I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, but anyway, well, hey, we've been having this kind of conversation for a few weeks. Uh, I think we're in week six of the series called Doing Things That Matter. And, you know, it's connected to the heart of this church and if, if you're new, this is, this is a good week to be here uh, because we're really tapping into what I believe God has been doing uh, in us for, we're almost uh, five years now, believe it or not. For uh, so those of you that have been around or known about us or been with us, we're getting close to the five-year mark, which is so crazy. It's like, it's flown by, right? It's been so fast, but it's also like the longest five years of my life, you know what I mean? Like, in a good way, <laughs> really. Um... It has been, and it's phenomenal what God has done. And and when I think about our story as a church, we say a lot of things. Uh, We have some mantras around here. We have some things that we like to say. And one of them is, I said earlier in the service, you know, that we don't just go to church. We, we we are the church, that we are God's people. And what does that mean? If we're God's people on this planet, that means there got, has to be something that compels us to so many different things that we read in the scriptures, that we aren't just gonna be people who, who go to church and kind of enjoy the kind of church thing, but that we're gonna go and be the church, right? That we're gonna go and live it out. And I think, honestly, that is so hard, isn't it? It is so hard to really step into who the person that God's called each of us to be. And not just personally, but this collective thing. That we, we want to, as we've been having this conversation about doing things that matter, we've really kind of laid it over your life. And, and, and as Micah mentioned, there's a lot of things we aren't saying in this series that are alive in the book and in the devotion that we hope you're doing because we really feel like this whole conversation, this holistic conversation is about your life and the life you're living every day, but it's also about us collectively and what God's called us to as a church, right? And so there's, there, this is sort of a collective thing. Like there's a collective piece to this doing things that matter. like who is God calling us to become as a church? And, and, and we've been asking that question. So not only do we say things like, we don't just go to church, we, we, we are the church, but we, we've also said we want to be the church the best way we know how. Um, and and we've, we've sort of centered around this conversation that, to give you just a real quick like, what, picture and understanding and reminder of the theology of God, right? Uh, theology, understanding the theology of what is God really up to in this world. Under, theo meaning God, uh, ology meaning understanding, the understanding of God is he's on a mission. God is on a mission to restore every man, woman, and child into the person he's created him to be. He wants to restore the brokenness. And that's what he's been doing. That's, what the, that's why Jesus came. That's the gospel story is that he's created a way to restore us. And so the church's purpose now is to proclaim that message. And we've been saying it from the context for four or five years now of how do we be a church that brings life to our city, that we're loving our city well, that we're loving our neighbors well. And so we've been really positioning this conversation in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in, in your family, even... In our whole whole city, how do we become the church? How do we be the church the best way we know how? How do we not just come, but we actually go be it? Are you with me? This is the conversation we've been having for four or five years now, and we've been really concentrating it again in these last six weeks and, and just reminding ourselves of these really, really critical truths. And so when we talk about all of those things, there's, there's a compelling piece to the Great Commission, right, that, that we should— not just do that in Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. So what does that mean for us? And we've sort of been sitting on this and waiting for a while to say, we believe God's calling us out to other places around the world and that we know the future of this church is gonna be not just centered in Oklahoma City, but there's gonna be, there's gonna be extensions of our, our efforts around the world. And we're just been, we've been praying about what's the right first step. And a lot of you know that uh, I've shared... Stories about Haiti. You know that we went a few weeks ago, and, and Haiti's been a part of my personal life for almost in, in nine, eight nine years now. Um, it's been a part of um, some others in this church even for that amount of time, or maybe uh, maybe a little bit less. And uh, but there's a lot of us that maybe aren't familiar with it. And so in a minute, in a little bit, we'll we'll get into that a little a little bit the story of why we're taking that first step there. But this, if God's heart If his mission, if understanding God is understanding his mission, what is he really up to? Is to restore every man, woman, and child. Uh, When I think about that from a global perspective, sometimes we got to put like a global hat on, right? Like not just my world, but what is God doing around the world? What's the needs around the world? When we think about the globe, it doesn't take long for probably a lot of us to get to the challenges that the world is facing, right? When you think about the world, you're like, there's a lot of things the world faces. There's a lot of hardship, there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of uh, issues that are, they, they seem so massive. You know, global hunger is still a real thing. I think sometimes we kind of forget that it's still, it's, it's actually, the problem is getting worse. You know, a, a person dies every 10 seconds from hunger-related causes. Clean water is still a real issue in the world today. Someone dies every two minutes from, from poor water in our, in our world. Human trafficking is still, you know, just going bananas and slavery, and it's just, it's, there's, there's all sorts of billion, or millions and millions of people involved in that, and, and, and even the refugee crisis, we talked about that about a year ago, even in the Syrian refugee crisis, the greatest refugee crisis the world has ever known, 14 million just in Syria alone, and, and, and actually, it's the there's more refugees now than has ever been in the history of the world. There's 60 million refugees in the world. That means people who've been d- displaced because of some sort of uh, war or some sort of political divide. And so when we think about, think about the problems that the world is facing, they're sort of staggering. And how do we step into that? I think we step into it by doing what Jesus said. And I think so many times we try and think bigger than that and it's about saying, what, is, what did Jesus say? And so I'll just take us to a couple quick scriptures. Luke 3, 11, Jesus said this. He said, whenever, whoever, whoever has two tunics. You guys have tunics? If you have two of them, this is for you. I have many tunics. I wear them every day. Um, if you have, whoever has two tunics, it is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do Likewise. I mean, this is Jesus talking about some really simple things like, hey, if, you, if you're a person of plenty, I don't know if any of you people are people of plenty, let me define it if you are. Do you own a car? Do you have a house? Do you have multiple shirts or tunics? Do you have food in your refrigerator? You're a person of plenty, just so you know. Anytime someone with a person in plenty rubs up against a person in need or a situation in need or sort of the sort of the staggering statistics even that I just said. Anytime I know for me that I've rubbed up against that, God grows my heart in understanding the compassion that he has for the world. God expands my own compassion. God is a compassionate God. And we read a couple other scriptures to you. Acts 20, 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then Micah 6:8 says... He has shown you, O mortal, meaning O human, O person, what is good. He's shown you what's good. And what does the Lord require of you? Well, he requires for you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Beautiful passage about acting justly and loving mercy, to show mercy and justice. Like, there's so many injustices in the world. We just mentioned them, right? And there's this, what is is God calling us to? Isn't this what this whole conversation about doing things that matter is about? It's about getting to this end of this, to saying, who has God really called me to be? I'm supposed to act justly in this world. I'm supposed to love mercy. I'm supposed to give to people when I have plenty. I'm supposed to serve. Oh, and by the way, yeah, maybe somehow God ties those things together to this big compelling call to go to the ends of the earth and spread the gospel. So I know I'm sort of just giving us a reminder of things we already know. We know the God's mission. But today, that's why I I'll up to get to the point where I say, we really wanted to get specific. Okay, what's our first step? And our first step is with the relationship that has been built over years through the mission of hope. And in a moment, my friend Ruben Senea is going to come and he's going to share a little bit about it. Um, but first, to kind of introduce you to um, Mission Hope, if you've never, if you've never uh, been introduced to it before, We're going to show you this video.
1: This land is hard. It's filled with people who know a lot of suffering. In the midst of difficulty, there's opportunity. In the face of pain, we can show love. Mission of Hope started in 1998 in the village of Titian, which translates to Less Than Nothing. Our vision is to bring life's transformation to every man, woman and child in Haiti. We seek to meet both the physical and the spiritual needs of the people, and to empower and equip Haitians to change their country. We begin with education and nutrition. Now, we are educating thousands of students. Education is so important in my life. I want to be a doctor. To achieve this goal, I must be educated. We feed over 91,000 kids daily through our nutrition program. I have a and We are empowering Haitians with jobs so they can change their country. We teach trade skills through our technical school to help with employment. Thousands of farmers have been trained and given seeds to start farms. We are treating tens of thousands of medical patients each year. Pastors are being equipped to lead and disciple their villages. We are providing care for the elderly, who have been forgotten and left behind. Thousands of North Americans are being mobilized to serve in Haiti and make a difference. We are committed to life transformation to every man, woman and child in Haiti.
0: pretty compelling. This is Ruben Sine. I want you to welcome him for being with us today. And so our hope is to uh, just take a few minutes and we're going to talk together and kind of introduce you to uh, a few things about the Mission of Hope and 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 Ruben himself. Ruben is a, I've known Ruben now for, uh, we're getting, you know, eight, nine that kind of years now and uh, just a amazing guy. Um, uh, right now, he and his wife Amy live in uh, with along with their ones on Garrison. They live in Haiti right now, uh, but they're back and forth to do things like this. Um, and we're just so grateful that you're here, and grateful that you've uh, just spent some time. Like I said, I've known him for a number of years, and I've seen this guy up close. He's, a f- he's God's just using this this uh, this couple in so many amazing ways, uh, not only um, in Haiti, but I think in the United States, and I think beyond that. And um, I'm just really grateful for you being here today. So here's here's what I'd like to do is um, I'd, like, I'd like everybody to get to know you and then we're gonna get to know Mission of Hope and um, you know when we were getting ready for this uh, I asked Ruben, I know, can we share your story a little bit? And he said hey I don't want this to be about me, I want it to be about the Mission of Hope which is kinda the way he goes and I said I agree but I still gotta ask you at least a little bit about you because uh, you have such a uh, powerful story and, and uh, by the way that was him on the on the video, That's he's the narrator so He's like, does everything for Mission of Hope, I guess. Hey, we need you to do a video, anyway. um, So, let's start there uh, with you. Why don't you share a little bit about how you got introduced and involved in Mission of Hope and the impact it's made on your life.
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me. So my name is Ruben Senea. I was born in a Christian home. Uh, My parents, they were like associate pastors, so. Uh, Mission of Hope was the, the place, you know, to go growing up the age of nine or ten. Uh, I was one of the kid who would follow North American around. Because here's the deal: one thing we see in Haiti and maybe in a lot of third world countries, parents, their priority number one is to feed their child, their, their their kids, and then send them to school. So they don't have time to pay attention and and love on their kids. So that's why you see people like me would go in and, and you know play with them and hang out. So that's how I got involved. I got my first job there. I met Jesus Christ through Mission of Hope, and he uh, goes from there.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the story there is longer, really long, in terms of all the things you've done. He will always downplay all that God's done in his, in his life through uh, the Mission of Hope, but um, one of the things that I think a lot of us in this, <laughs> in this room really think about when it comes to, to Haiti is we have an image, uh, I think a lot of people do, of the 2010 earthquake. Um, it, was, it was such a global uh, news event because the devastation was so uh, terrible and the loss of life was so, so high. And you have a story um, connected to that, and I thought I thought it would be um, good for you to share a little bit of just kind of how that impacted you and how you're involved.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, 2010 earthquake was uh, was big. You know, we've never seen anything like this in Haiti. Uh, Took a couple hundred thousands of lives and and took a lot from me. I mean, I was in a classroom, a downtown Port-au-Prince, which was the epicenter of the earthquake. Uh, in a class with 68 friends i was doing life with with purpose goals we want to go change the world doing a bible school excitement and then this happened and, and, and took away 56 of my friends uh that night you know uh the question became after the earthquake did you lose somebody or versus who did you lose so that was a question to everybody: Who did you lose? Because everybody got affected by this. So, which I carried the the, the weight of the earthquake with me for a couple of years after that. You know, the question I had was: Why, God, did you let this happen? Why so many young people lost their lives? And and things like that. I went into depression. I had one of the questions: you know, if I wasn't really rooted wooded in Christ, I would probably turn my back on Jesus. But He never let me go. You know, kept me around until today. I've never had that answer why this happened. But what I know is God is still in charge, and He's in charge today. He created this place. He created the earth. So He never let. He will never turn His back on us. So I'll move forward with that faith and and, and trust in Him. And the good thing is I've seen him turn that earthquake to something beautiful. I've never seen the church, the body of Christ get together at that level. I've never seen people serve one another at that level. The church multiply, the people, the body of Christ multiply. Voodoo temple that you used to see in every corner of Haiti, you don't see that anymore. They're going down, Jesus being revealed. So that's a good thing God has done out of that earthquake.
0: It's amazing. And, and uh, Porter, uh, Port-au-Prince is where the epicenter was. Mission of Hope sits right outside of Port-au-Prince. And so um, you were already involved in Mission of Hope. And like you said, he was in a Bible school. And, and man, it's crazy to think of. So he's, just to give you even a little more, like you said, he's gonna, what is he doing? He keeps going with what Jesus has done and how he's. But he was in the building that collapsed and lost so many friends that day. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an amazing thing that you had to walk through and that God's brought you through and is now using you do. So one of the main reasons that we brought you here um, today, and we really asked you to come and share, is we wanted you to be able to introduce us to the Mission of Hope, right? And the video, of course, said some of that. You already told us some of that in the video, but tell us a little bit more about what the Mission of Hope is doing in Haiti, and and, and, yeah, just introduce us to those who don't know.
1: Yeah, our vision is to bring life transformation to everybody, man, woman, and child, and and that means we want the gospel of Jesus Christ to be seen and heard in every corner of this country. Because I do believe that's the only option. That that is the option is Jesus Christ. Nothing else. And that's why everything, every programs we do, we we center it around the gospel. Uh, we 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 big on education because I, I personally believe if they have skills. The educated, then the way of the way of thinking will change, and if you can change how people think, then of course the action, the behavior will change. Uh, that's why we have a school with over three thousand kids. We partner with eleven other schools or thirteen other schools. Uh, helping him financially, teacher training, all those things, empowering, pushing education forward. We have our own curriculum. It's a Christian-based curriculum. The government is about it. They like it. So, doors are opening. So, every kid in the near future will be able to hear a gospel-centered education. Uh, we about medical care. We make sure people, you know, uh, get treated uh, in this country. We do mobile clinics, mobile outreach, take it to them for those that don't have access to it. Uh, we empowering the local church and that's one of the things that we are more excited about is what we call church advancement uh, which is pushing the local church forward help them, equip them, empower them so they can take ownership of their own community
0: so just to give you a picture this is a pretty large um, uh, property with a lot of things happening on it and then they extend into a lot of different villages but they have everything from a a really uh, thriving church, as you mentioned, medical, meaning there's a small hospital clinic uh, there that has lots of different things. They have uh, an orphanage. Orphanage. They have, um, I mean, gosh, I'm trying to think there's other things. They even have a prosthetics lab. It's pretty amazing. Um, And there's lots of other things going on there as well. Uh, Talk, though, you just mentioned church advancement. Church advancement is, for us, the thing that, just so you know, we're sort of thinking this is where our place is and how we can serve. Because here's the deal. A church comes alongside. It's Sometimes we are here to serve. We want to come and serve Mission Hope, right? And we want to serve the, the efforts that people that live there. One of the things that I love about Mission Hope, by the way, you were talking about all that, is Mission Hope's become the largest, one of the largest employers in Haiti. That's what I learned recently, meaning of Haitians. And just doing an amazing uh, work in that. But the church advancement is one of those ways in which we're trying to say, how do we come alongside and support the work that's already been done there? So talk a little bit about that
1: it's mostly we cannot be in every place every corner at a time but there's a local church in every corner in Haiti Uh, how do we come alongside them and help them do the job which is uh, 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 on the lostness of the community a lot of them they're just not equipped to do it a lot of them don't have the resources to do it that's when you come in as a church from here, go alongside those local church and build relationship with the people, the local pastors, and help them move forward. Out of that, we do a Passover training every month. A couple hundred pastors came, and we're equipping them and, and giving them what they need. Because I do believe God put them in there for a reason. Uh, they represent Jesus Christ. Uh, we are there. I do believe we are there in Haiti. The, the body of Christ is there. But they need to be equipped and needs to be empowered. That's when we come And There's a lot of people saying, you know, when we do mission trips, is that really matter? How, 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 do, we, how do we make a difference? I believe we make a ton of difference. The reason we, a lot of times, don't see the difference we're making is because we wanna go big or go home. We wanna see thousands come to Christ when we share the gospel. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we go, we plant a seed, and that takes a while right mm-hmm. sometimes just going love on somebody means more than just you know see the big thing so uh man it, it's happening i'm excited for the future of this country cuz uh you know my parents always say you know what we used to see the voodoo temples in every corner we don't see those things anymore we see jesus coming alive so
0: it's mm, good we'll talk one more thing uh, you've you've had a lot of opportunities to work with churches in the U.S. and North America. And um, talk about what you feel like, how's God used uh, churches like ours to really be, because I, I believe there's kind of a, a thought, are we really helping or not? And so how do you see the church in the U.S. Uh, really helping the Mission of Hope and what they're really doing?
1: Yeah, first, uh, I said this earlier, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said it, personally with his mouth, go in Matthew 28, the last couple of verses, go to all nations. So that's that's our job first. And the second thing is uh, uh, when we go, whether we speak the language or not, I believe in the, there's a one-in-one connection that can happen and that can change somebody's life. It happened to me, it happened to a lot of other friends that I know, connection with somebody. they pray praying over somebody can go a long way. So when you come in, what you do is go push those forward, push this. I believe if you give Haitians, you teach them how to go, they're gonna take it to another level. That's when we need people like you to come in and help them understand and, and try to change how they think, help them make that first step. As soon as they make that step, they're gonna take it out and take it to another level. That's good, man.
0: Well, um, thanks for sharing, man. And. You know, I've been telling Ruben this for years, uh, Amy, that you guys need to write a book. And so, whenever you see him, just say, "Amy, I'm going to see that book come out soon because the story is amazing and compelling, and God's using them." And um, will you give him a hand. Thanks for coming and sharing. I appreciate it. I uh, I'm going to spend a few more minutes to sort of bring some kind of next steps, if you will, to what what we're talking about and. Um, like I said, I mean, God's, God's used Reuben in so many ways. In a little bit, Reuben's going to come, and he's actually going to kind of close our time uh, with, with a song. The man sings, too. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to be able to do that. But, you know, when we, we've been thinking, how do we really want to step into this? One of the rallying cries of being a person that does things that matter is that the gospel will call you to do things you thought you'd never do that the gospel will call you to do things you never knew you even wanted to do. I've said that, like, a lot over the years. And I say it because I, I'm living proof of it. I never thought I would be um, doing what I'm doing in these in this, these days of life, and it's all because of the Lord. And I never—probably I at one time never thought I would have went to a place like Haiti and fell in love with what the Mission of Hope is doing there and, and wanted to be a part of it. And and what we really want to be able to do is is invite you into figuring out how— to be a part. And so I'm going to give you a couple minutes of practical, of next steps, if you will. Um, we're, we're inviting a couple different things. One, we're ask, we are inviting you to go. I, I've, we've mentioned there's going to be a trip in February, February 17th to the 24th. Uh, it's, a, it's going to be a mission trip, um, and it's a short-term trip that you're invited to go to. Anybody can come and be a part of it. And if you want to go, uh, fantastic. I'll tell you more about in a minute. And some of you are like, I, I don't think I could ever go. You know, I don't think I can make it happen this is actually something we're saying how is a church family can all of us really partake in this if we want to even if we can't go and so i want to kind of talk about two different ways the first one is if you do want to go we have these little things out front they're by the front door grab one it's a it's an application is what we're calling a mission trip application between now and october 15th all you need to do is 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 fill this out and turn it in but we would say take it pray listen see if the lord's speaking to you about this and then Turn it in to us uh, whenever you're able So You can turn it in to any one of us, uh, Mike myself, Christy, Stephen, whoever. Just just turn it in whenever you have time in between, in between now and October 15th. But probably what you really need is you need maybe more information. And so next Sunday after church at 1230, right, right after church, um, we're going to have a short informational meeting, 1230 to one. It's going to be only 30 minutes because we know you guys got to go, go eat, right? And so uh, we're going to make it short, but 12.30 to 1 next Sunday if you want to know more about what it means to go, okay? And so you can do that next Sunday. But beyond that, what we wanted to say is um, it's not just those of you are going. Some of you are going to say, you know, I can't go. My, my job won't allow it. You know, I can't. I maybe can't afford it. I can't. Whatever it is. But I'd love to be engaged. I'm, com- I'm compelled to, to step into something with the church and with, with a group of people making a difference somewhere else. And we're going to have other ways for you to be engaged in it. We 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 mentioned church advancement, and we're going to be partnered with the village there, and we're going to find out needs. There's going to be needs, that are as small as um, water filters that you could provide for a family. That would be, I don't think, the very much 15, 20 bucks, something like that. Um, to us working together to build a home for a family. A lot of people are living. Um, maybe they don't even have a home. Maybe they're sharing a house with someone else, or maybe they're living in some sort of Conditions of a tent home or something like that, where it's just they just, you guys understand that having a home is important. And so we're going to provide homes to families that need one. And so we're going to participate in that and build a house. Um, So there's going to be ways for you to say, I can contribute and I can be a part, not just through my resources, but through my time, maybe through helping create more ways for us to to serve and come alongside what the Mission of Hope is doing. And so in November, you're going to, there's going to actually be a targeted date with us to raise some funds and to kind of meet some needs. And so there's going to be ways for you to be engaged, uh, be ongoing. And so I, I say those things, and I, and I sit here, and I'm going, today feels different, you know? Today's different because we're just kind of throwing out uh, this, this sort of opportunity. And, and I want to say um, it's not just different because we didn't have drums, right? It's different because we're talking, we're talking about something that um, is a real need, and it's very like, here it is. It's, it's in front of us, and we just have to decide... What are we going to do with it? Are we going to just say, ah, oh, that's what other people are going to do? Somebody else is going to have the compassion for that? Or is it something we're going to step into? And that's what this whole conversation about doing things is, that matters has been about, is that we're going to step into things that God puts in front of us, and we're going to find a way that, that God's speaking to us about it to do something about it. And so, as we, uh, as we kind of finish, I, I, I want to, you know, Part of Ruben's story that you know I'll kind of share for him is whenever he was in that classroom and um, the building fell, he shares a story that there was a, several of them they started seeing great is their faithfulness you know and it's really powerful to think about that moment that in the midst of suffering and hardship that we can declare the faithfulness of God and I think that's sort of an anthem for what I've always thought of since I've heard that story when I go to Haiti. But beyond that, I think about, um, I think about us, and I think about where we're at and, and how we are constantly being challenged to be faithful to the Lord. And God has already been faithful to us. He's been faithful to us in, in so many so many ways. And because of his faithful to, faithfulness to us, our, our call to obedience, it's real. And it's something that we need to take um, not only seriously, but really consider our own life and saying, how am I being obedient? He's been so faithful to me. How am I being faithful to him? And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to just end with some prayer today. I'm going to lead you in a moment of prayer. I'm going to pray all those sorts of things. Um, We're just going to pray that the Lord would speak to us about what he wants us us to do with all of this. So I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads, and I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer Father, I pray that as we uh, take a few minutes today and just and just pray, we pray for a number of things. But we want to pray first of all for us that Lord, um, that we would be able to hear whatever it is that you want to say to us today. That, Father, as your